Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we're in Easter Sunday, and this is probably going to be my shortest Easter message ever. You're welcome. Some of you are more excited about that than anything else about Easter. And if Easter Sunday is kind of like the Sunday you go to church, Easter and Christmas, right? Here, here's what happens, and I, I'm not trying to make a generality or generalize anything, but I'm going to generalize something right now. Um, you're, you're probably sitting there going, okay. Um, let me hear your 30-minute your speech, right? That's what my cousin Aaron calls my sermon every time. It's great speech, right? And I'm like, it's not a speech, Aaron. It's a sermon, right? So, so great speech. And so, um, he, but, but you're probably like, give me, give me your 30-minute spiel. Um, I got ham to get to. I got deviled eggs to get to and dessert, right? I don't know why we do ham and deviled eggs and dessert, but that's kind of what's on the docket. And I got to get home before my kids uh, wake up from their nap because I got to invade and take my candy tax, right? Like, I got to get you all the good candy from their Easter basket before they realize what's happened. Be like, oh, I don't know what happened to all your Reese's eggs. You do too. They're in your belly. Um, and so you're kind of sitting there going, okay, you know, here it is. Here's church. Show me what you got. And here's what I'm going to invite us to do today. I'm going to invite us to just throw off all our assumptions, to throw off all that we have known about church, and let's let God do something new. Because my prayer is this, is that you don't come to church today. You didn't come to church to hear a sermon. You didn't come to church to see Justin Graves. You came to church for God to do something new. Right? And, and that's my prayer. So whether you've never missed an Easter Sunday or whether this is your first Sunday in a long time, my prayer is something new happens in your life. So today I want to talk to you about magic erasers and yellow kitchens. Magic erasers and yellow kitchens. And I got to ask, have you guys ever used a Mr. Clean magic eraser? Right? Like there's a lot of excitement about that right now in here. Um, these things are absolutely amazing, right? And, and ladies, I'm going to let you know, if you ever see a man, like I think if a lady sees a man working with a magic eraser, there should be some Barry White music that comes on, right? And all of a sudden, you see that man cleaning that shelf, Right? Just, I'll give you some too. You know, you just working it, right? Right? If you if you see a guy down on his hands and knees with a mat, there should be some love that enters your heart, and a turn on should be happening, or you're dead, right? You're just dead. I'm just telling you, magic erasers equal sexy. And these things are absolutely phenomenal. Now, I'm talking like I've used one. I've never used one in my entire life. <laughs> never, never used. Like, this is the first magic eraser I've ever held in my entire life. But I've watched some YouTube videos, and the YouTube, <laughs> it's for real right now, the YouTube, <laughs> the YouTube videos showed all these teachers like, here, kids, just go to town. And they're 
coloring on a table, no paper. They've got markers, nothing. Then they give them Sharpies, and they're writing all over the table, and they're like, well, this is fun. You know, I'm going to color myself. And they're like, no. Um, and all of a sudden, they take, like, the typical, like, Lysol or antibacterial. And by the way, I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not getting paid by Mr. Clean for this endorsement. Um, but they go through all the, the things, and they try to wipe it off with the regular wipes. doesn't work. And then they take the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser, because it's magic. And they rub, and they work, and all of a sudden, it's gone. Like magic. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it be awesome if everything in life could be washed away like a magic eraser? Right? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be... It'd be awesome if, if you could get rid of all the poor mistakes, all the horrible ex-girlfriends and ex-boyfriends, all the poor choices that you've made with a magic eraser. But can I, can I tell you something? You think you know where I'm going, but you don't. Here's the simple truth about life. And, and I, I, one thing, if you know me very well, you know I try to be really real. Can I tell you, there are some things in life you just can't erase or undo, right? That, and catch me, that you can't. That, that's key. There's some things in life you can't un- erase and undo. That affair, can't undo. There's no magic eraser for that, right? It, it happened, and now you're having to deal with the fallout from that. You losing your temper, and you calling them that name, and you getting in that fight, man, you have to deal with the fallout of the words you said and the actions you took because there's no magic eraser for that. And, and, and the simple truth is this, man, there are some things that we do, choices we make, that, that there's no way that we can on our own undo it and erase it and just it, it didn't happen. I don't know if any of you have done home improvements growing up or married or anything like that, um, but when Casey and I bought our first house, we bought a house in Wichita Falls. It's where we were youth pastors at. We were married a little over a year, bought our first house, and it wasn't a big house. Um, it wasn't, in fact, we bought it from an old lady. Like, I mean old lady, like old. Um, she, she may have died in that house, and um, we... Bought this house. It was a thousand square feet. Okay, so I want you to picture this: thousand square feet. It had two living rooms, three bedrooms, and a kitchen and a bathroom. You had to walk through the living rooms like this, because I mean, it just it was it was small, but it was ours, right? And the, the kitchen had like no dishwasher. You're like, what kind of world is this, right? Um, no dishwasher, and it came with a yellow refrigerator. And that was great because we had no money to buy a refrigerator. And this yellow refrigerator worked, but the shelves were only working because empty ketchup bottles held up the shelves. You know, some of you, you own that, that refrigerator growing up. You're like, I got you. And there was no ice maker kind of rich people are you, right? Like we had the ice cube trays that you had to fill in the sink and stack in the freezer. Come on, right? And like you remember this. Some of you are like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so since we didn't have money to buy a new refrigerator, my wife decided, well, we're just going to paint our kitchen to match our fridge. So we, we get in there. 
And we start, okay, there's no we. It was my father-in-law and my wife, right? Like I don't, I don't paint, I don't mow, I don't fix things, and I don't, I don't know what I exactly do. Um, but some of you are like, I don't know what you do either. Um, I can dance. Anyways, um, and, and so they start painting this kitchen, and it, it, it's, it's yellow. And I walk in, right, and I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm watching my words, you know. Be careful the words you say, right? The power of life and death is in the tongue, right? And so I'm, I'm walking in, and I'm like, oh, that is a color. <laughs> and she's like, do you like it? And I'm like, it's interesting. It's real, I mean... If you wanted to match the fridge, you're not far off, right? And, and she's like, yeah. I, I'm like, is it, is it going to dry that color? And she's like, well, it'll probably be a different shade. I'm like, well, that, that'll be good. A different shade would be good. You know, and I'm just like, here's the deal. It didn't dry a different color. It looked exactly like it dried. And I got to tell you, I'm not, like we've talked about that. Me and my father-in-law, we hated the color of that kitchen. It looked horrible. It looked awful. It was gross. But here's the problem. We got so far into it, we couldn't undo it because we didn't have money for more paint. And I know paint's not expensive, but we didn't have, we lived with that kitchen painted an ugly, ugly yellow and we were stuck with it. And can I tell you, some of us, we feel the same way when it comes to our life. We've made decisions, we've done things, and we beat ourselves up, right? And, and, and we're tortured by our past, and we're tortured by the mistakes we've made. And we think to ourselves, well, well if I would have just changed this one thing, right? If, if I would have just corrected this, then this wouldn't have happened. If I wouldn't have done this, then this wouldn't have affected all these people. And we come to this place and we come to this point in our life that we come to these phrases that have become really popular for us to think and say. And we say stuff like this, well, it is what it is. Right? Well, well I, I'm just, this, this is who I am. This, take it or leave it, but this is me. And today, if that is kind of where you're at and, and you're kind of there, and, and some of us, it's not as obvious as a yellow kitchen, <laughs> right? We're, we've been hiding things that we've been carrying around for forever, and nobody knows really who we are, really what we're doing, really what we're addicted to. And you're here today, and you're starving for something different. But you feel like I'm in this way too deep. I don't know how I get out of it because I can't undo this. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus knows the things you've done wrong, but he came to wipe them out, not rub them in. Right? Je Jesus knows. Man, guess what? You're not hiding anything from the Lord. He knows it all. He sees you not as you present yourself, but has, as you are. And he knows all the wrong you've done and I've done. And he came not to rub it in, but to wipe it out. So why are we still playing games? If, if somebody comes into our house, and uh, especially with our house, if somebody is wrong about something, right, in, in our, around our table when we're eating dinner, somebody remembers something wrong or somebody gets something wrong, can I tell you we are ruthless? Like we're like, you're wrong. You are dumb, right? Like, like how dumb can you be, right? And, and it's all, I mean, we're just short of hosting a parade down our neighborhood street 
talking about how dumb dad is, or how I would never say that about my wife, but my, my kid, my teenage daughters were wrong. Woohoo! You know, I'm like, finally busted. I was right. You were wrong. Ha ah. And I know that's horrible, right? But we do it all in good fun, right? So most of the time, we do it all in good fun. And, so, and a lot of times, especially when we've grown up in church, we think that's how Jesus is going to respond to our wrong. We think he's going to be like, how could you be so stupid? How could you do something so dumb, so irresponsible? You knew better, right? You, you knew. But, but hear me, and we know this. We know this. Jesus didn't come to rub it in. He came to wipe it out. John chapter 3, verse 16, probably the most famous verse in the Bible, says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have, everlast, but have everlasting life, eternal life, right? And, and 316 is huge and fundamental, but can I tell you 317 may be my more favorite verse. And it says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Hear me, he didn't come to condemn us, he came to change us. He came to redeem us. So here's what I want to let everybody know. that Man, you're just beating yourself up. You feel like you've missed it. You feel, you, you know you're wrong. You don't need people running a parade around. You know it. Hear me. There is forgiveness for you. Right? There's forgiveness for you. I want you to think of an Etch-A-Sketch, Right? And when we think of terms of Etch-a-Sketch, anybody good with an Etch-a-Sketch? Here, raise your hand. Oh, I thought you raised your hand. I was like, you are a freak. Um, but I know where I can say that. We're good. Um, Matt, don't beat me up after service. Any, uh, one person right here, good with an Etch-a-Sketch. I want to meet you after service because I really can't see your face from here. Um, I can just see a hand. But here's, here's what I want you to know. Like, I'm the world's worst, and I can't even draw a straight line with an Etch-a-Sketch. I'm like, what kind of engineer degree do you have to have to work these two knobs? But what I love, like, is that if you mess up, all you have to do is turn it over and shake it, right? Shake it off, shake. Shake it off, right? You just shake it, and you've got a clean slate. And, and that's exactly what Jesus offers you today, is a clean slate, a fresh start, even for those of you that say, well, it just is what it is, and I am what I am. Because here's what I want you to know. A magic eraser may have its limits, right? You can't use this on your kids, just so you know. You can't use this on your dogs, just so you know. You're not supposed to use this on your cars or on granite or on countertops that are made out of rock and marble or whatever rubies you built your house with. Don't use this on it, right? And where a magic eraser has a limit, here's what I want you to know is that if Jesus Christ can take a bloodstained cross and turn it into an empty grave, he can take your mess and turn it into a miracle. Man, that is the hugeness and the bigness of what we're talking about today. If he can take a what it should have been done and over and done with, if he can take a bloodstained cross and turn it into an empty grave, he can handle your past. There, there is nothing he cannot do, and there is nothing that he cannot handle. He can take your addiction and lead you to freedom. He can take your past, and he can take your shame. He can take all the things that you are hiding and let you be reborn and be renewed. But, Justin, you don't know. You're right. 
I don't know. And it's not a matter of me knowing. Because some of you are sitting there and you're going, well, where's this basis of forgiveness come from that you're talking about? Well, where do you, how, how do you know? Because some of us, it's not that we need forgiveness for things that we have done. It's that we need forgiveness for things that we are still doing. Right? So, so where's this basis come from? Well, here's where it comes from. In John chapter 19, verse 30, Jesus, one of his last words that he uttered on the cross was this, it is finished. It is finished. And this comes from, this, this whole phrase comes from one Greek word named tetelestai. And it literally means paid in full or canceled. Tetelestai means when he said it is finished, he was saying it is paid in full and canceled, meaning he paid your debt, he paid your penalty in full. This is what merchants would write on a receipt when the, when the payment was paid in full. This is the word, and this is the exact word that Jesus uses on the cross when it comes to you and to me. When I was younger, I used to go out to eat with my Papa Jones before he passed away all the time. Um, and my Papa Jones was like bigger than life to me, right? I thought he was the richest, I thought he was like Bill Gates because he drove a Lincoln, right? Like, and he always wore a suit and listened to Frank Sinatra. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're in the mafia and you're the richest man that alive. And so we would go to breakfast and I was 10, I was 12 years old and he always called me boy, 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 boy. Like I was 40 years old, boy. Um, he just called me boy my whole life. And so we would go out to eat, we'd go lunch, breakfast, and he did this every time. Boy, hope you're ready to go clean dishes because I don't have enough money to pay for you. And like the first time when I was like seven, it kind of freaked me out. I was like, I don't want to clean dishes. I don't know how to use a magic eraser. Like I don't, I don't want to do this, right? But, but here's, here's the reality. Like after that, I never worried about being able to pay for it, right? It wasn't because as a 10-year-old I had some crazy money coming in or I had crazy funds. No, it's because I had confidence in who my papa was, that he was capable to pay whatever I ordered off the menu. Can I tell you, your heavenly father, your savior, Jesus Christ, is capable of paying your penalty. And it doesn't matter what you ordered off the menu of life. It doesn't matter the wrong that you've done. It's not about you being capable enough because it doesn't matter how bad you are or how wicked you are or how much you've blown it. That pales, nothing pales into comparison about the grace and the forgiveness and the power of the cross and the resurrection that he offers you today. And man, when you can realize that your penalty, that this forgiveness that has been extended to you and to me and to every single one of us means that our, our faults and our blowing moments and our horrible moments have been paid in full and that we are redeemed, that it comes from somebody that is bigger and more powerful than us, you can take, you can rest at ease. Because when my bill is paid, my worry goes away, Right? When my bill is, like, I can't tell you how much one meal that I went out to eat last month was, right? Because I paid the bill, and there's no worry about it. I'm not, oh, I forgot to pay at Charleston's. I forgot to pay at Red Rock. I forgot to pay at all these different places that I've eaten. No, no, no. The bill's paid, so the worry's gone away. And hear me, your bill for what you've done wrong and what you ordered off the menu and the sin, man, it's been paid. You just have to step in and ask for what he's already extending you. And here's what Paul says. When this becomes a reality, there is this game-changing statement that Paul makes. 
And it is a paradigm shifter, a game changer. And he says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, if this is what has happened, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And for all of us that are here today and watching online, that say, well, it is what it is, right? I just am what I am. And this is going to be my life, and this is who I am. Hear me. You are who Jesus says you are, and it is what Jesus says it is. You are what Jesus says you are, and it is what Jesus says it is. Man, you're not your past. You're not your mistake. You're not the things that you blew up, the things that you have regret, the things that you've been carrying, the things that you are addicted to. You are who Jesus says you are, and it is what Jesus says it is. There's some of you, you need to get that down deep today. Because here's what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Let what? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and lives in me. Man, there's nothing he can't do. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Verse 12, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation, you have no duty. You have no responsibility to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You don't have to be who you've always been. And it doesn't have to be what it's always been, right? You get to step into who Christ says you are. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can I tell you, God's for you today. Get that in your heart and your spirit. No matter how you grew up, God is for you today. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died More than that, right, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. And all these things in every circumstance and everything that you're facing, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The reason that you are more than a conqueror isn't because of anything you've done. It's because of everything he's done. So if we know this, why are we still living in the dark? If we know this, why are we still living in the darkness? At Christmas time, I I shared a sermon or I shared a story about the closet in my light, uh, the light in my closet. Dyslexia hits me every once in a while. The light in my closet. Um, and, like, that it just didn't work. Like, and I opened up the light, and it looked like a UFO. It was like an LED light that I've never seen, never understood. And some of you are sitting there going, he doesn't clean, he doesn't mow, he doesn't paint, and he can't change a light bulb. Most worthless human in the world, Right? Pray for Casey. Um, here, and so here's what happened. Like we literally existed for a year and a half in the darkness. Like we had two lights in our closet. 
but they didn't work. So we would have flashlights and we would have floodlights and we would look through our closet so we could see like the clothes that we needed to pick out. And most of the time, if it was daytime, we just didn't even bother with the flashlight. Fast forward, got fixed in January, thanks to Adam Crest. He came over. Help me. Thanks, Adam. Um, but um, he came over, helped me fix my, my, my closet. And now the lights work. And I will walk in still to this day. It's been fixed since January. We're in April, right? I will walk in and Clay, Casey's in the dark looking for clothes. And like, I, I can't see anything. I'm like, Casey, the lights work. She's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. The lights work. I'll be like, there you go. She's like, whoa, what a difference, right? <laughs> I'll do the same thing. I'll be in there going, I can't find anything. I've got nothing to wear. She's like, Justin, the lights work. I'm like, oh, yeah, the lights work. Here's the deal. The lights are right there next to us. All we have to do is switch it on. All we have to do is tap into what is already there. And we got busy living like we were used to instead of how we were meant to. And some of you, it's the... You've got the power right here. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, it's in there. The moment that you ask for forgiveness and the moment you turn your life around, there is a transfer of the power that happens and comes into your soul. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead, all of a sudden that Holy Spirit lives in me. So why would you choose to live in the darkness? Why would you choose to function in your dysfunction? It's because we've grown used to it. And hear me, don't live like what you've grown used to. Start living like you were meant to and step into the light. Because it's a way better way for you to live. Here's what I know. This may not get rid of everything. But man, the bloodstained cross and the empty tomb, it can wipe anything out of your life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for goodness that we did not deserve. That you would choose. Nobody took your life from you, but you laid it down willingly. And that wasn't the end of the story. But as you were placed in a grave, you rose from it three days later. So that because of that, we can be more than conquerors. Because the same spirit that did that lives in us. And Lord, all of us have access to this light. All we've got to do is tap into it. All we've got to do is turn the lights on. And so Lord, I pray for that person that feels like they're stuck. I pray for that person that's been playing cover-up for so long, they've almost lost who they are. That person that thinks they're too far gone. I pray that they would realize there is nothing you can't do and no one you can't redeem. That the situation isn't what the situation is. And they aren't who they've been told they've always going to be or what they've always been. But we are who you say we are. And it is what you say it is. And God, I pray today that we would understand 1 John 1, 9 is so true. That if... If we will confess our sins, if we'll do that part, if we will confess our sins, you will forgive us from all our unrighteousness. That's it. There's no limitation. You're able. And so, Lord, I pray that we would do our part so that you can do yours. And that we would turn the lights on to our life and step into who you've called us to be 
all along. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.